Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Looking to bet on the NFL this season? There's no better place to wager than betonline.ag. From spreads to totals to player props, you can bet on anything and everything NFL at betonline.ag this season. BetOnline is the official provider of all betting lines used on the TDN Fantasy Podcast and the DraftNetwork.com. Go to betonline.ag and start wagering on the NFL, college football, and so much more right now. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Podcast. Podcast. With your hosts, Paige DeMakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Paige DeMakos, Jake Arians, Jamie Eisner. Coming off a, man, Monday Night Football matchups that we were pumped about. If you watched our video show earlier, uh, the first game Jamie and I broke down uh, went about exactly according to plan um, with watching that game. Um, and we, we were we were excited about uh, what was happening for Clyde Edwards Alaire. Um, we had a feeling that it would that it would go according to plan and it did. Um, the second game, let's just say it wasn't exactly uh, wasn't exactly a, a competitive game. All right. Wasn't exactly a competitive game. And I am being nice. The Dallas Cowboys, let me tell you this, Cowboys fans, for all of you that are listening to this podcast, I have a really great feature to tell you about. It's called the Mock Draft Machine. It's on thedraftnetwork.com. Feel free to go to thedraftnetwork.com, hit the Mock Drafts tab, start a Mock Draft, and play with the mock draft machine as much as you'd like, because this season, it ain't happening. You need a lot of help across your entire football team. And feel free to give us all the screenshots of all the players that you are drafting to fill the needs that you have, because the holes that you have on your team, there's a lot of them. And Start with rebuilding your offensive line. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot to get into with these two matchups, and we will start off with headlines coming out of these games. So, Jamie, I'll let you go first here. Obviously, we got the AFC top-tier matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs take take care of business, but more so, this was a, hey, we're going to talk about on Fox how this was like, oh, they brought in Le'Veon Bell to push Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, and this might have not been his offense and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, okay. That storyline lasted all of five minutes because it was the Clyde Edwards Hilaire show in this one, Jamie. Yeah, this is his backfield. And hopefully, as a dedicated listeners to the TDN Fantasy Podcast, or if you joined us for our little pregame uh, show that we did with Paige and I, you would have known that this was the case. Uh, sometimes these major networks, particularly on prime time, like to cook up some narratives to kind of keep the conversation going. Uh, and that's kind of what happened here where they had this whole weird anecdote of, you know, Clyde, Eric Bieniemy had to sit down with Clyde Edwards-Alaire and he had a chat with him about just, you know, keep your head down and do your job and only control what you can control. Uh, I, I don't have understand. a chat with him and saying, I'm going to give you the damn ball. Yeah. And yeah. yeah. And by the way, and he did and look what happened uh, again. If you watch the show, this offense is a completely different offense when they establish the run. We said this on the show last week. I said this on the video show before the game and you watch it play out in front of you. Look, just again, look no further than the Super Bowl to see how that played out for them when Damian Williams was really running the show. They need to be more complimentary on offense. As Jake has pointed out, they don't have a talent. I shouldn't say talent. They don't have trustworthy enough receivers 
as a whole on that roster. You have, you have a speedster in Tyreek Hill. You have Travis Kelsey is great, and you have a lot of unproven guys. I don't know if Miko Harbin is ever going to be a thing. Marcus Robinson's just a guy. Watkins is hurt. Byron Pringle's just a guy. Like you just have those pieces there. You need to be able to establish the run on this team and then play off that with Patrick Mahomes. They did that to perfection in this game. But I will remind everybody, this: the narrative has not changed. Nothing has changed other than Fox wanting to kind of talk about some things. Le'Veon Bell is coming in to be an upgrade on Daryl Williams. He is coming in to play in th- on third downs, pass blocking, some two-minute drills. He's going to spell Clyde Edwards-Alary. He's going to be on the field. He's going to get 10 to 12 touches. But he's not coming in to take over as the starter. That was never going to happen. That was never the plan. There's The only way that happens is if Edwards-Alary gets hurt. That's the only scenario where that becomes into play. So don't freak out. Uh, from a fantasy perspective, Edwards Allaire is still going to be most weeks a low-end RB1 to high-end RB2, depending on bye weeks and matchups and injury situations. Le'Veon Bell is going to have some wor- worthiness as a low-end RB2 flex play for you with his 10 to 12 touches because in that offense, those are very valuable. Nothing has changed. So if you got a little bit worried about all the, the, the new Le'Veon Bell sketch that Fox paid thousands of dollars for to put on your screen or the, the two minutes they spend on this this be enemy Edwards Alaire anecdote. Now you don't panic. That's not what's happening here. He's not coming in to take anybody's job. He's coming in to be a complimentary piece to what Clyde Edwards Alaire is. And you saw that in this game when you establish the run, when you get him going, this offense can do anything. And that's what they need yeah. to do going forward because they don't have enough weapons on the outside right now with Watkins out. They just they don't. Tyreek Hill was stopped in this game. Kelsey had a pretty decent game, but Tyreek Hill has been stopped here and there, and there is not a secondary wide receiver option on that team right now. No, it's uh, Demarcus Robinson out snapped Tyreek Hill by one, not by a ton, but even just looking across the board, obviously with Clyde Edwards-Solaire, you don't get the, you get, you get vultured a little bit with the touchdown, obviously, but 161 on 26 carries, like you're really happy with that performance against uh, in Buffalo against a really good team. And, and that's exactly what you wanted to see to say, I would say kind of calm down people, right? Like you knew Le'Veon was going to come in and play a piece, but that's collectively should be kind of the deep breath. Cause as we've talked about, this hasn't really been about Clyde Edwards Hilaire. This has been about the play calling and what they've been doing. And, and so I think this was a, a really good step for the Chiefs as a football team. This is exactly what we called for. It was like, hey, Pat, we know what you can do. We know what you can do. And we, but we don't want to watch you play hero ball every week. Like, we want you to do what you need to do and take what the defense gives you. And that's what they did in this game. And they got it done. And it was not very close, really, for most of this football game, um, even at the end when there was a little – little scare with the potential fumble, but really it was all about the Chiefs in this one. The other storyline coming out of this game that I want hang to on, Hang on, hang on, Paige. I got I to stop you because I got a little bit of a hot take for you here. Okay. I'm going to throw Bye. this out there. Clyde oh, Edwards-Alaire, the rookie, should have had his ass in Bianami's office saying, give me the damn ball. I'm okay. a beast. Have you seen me play at LSU? Had you seen me in week one when you gave me the rock? Give me the damn rock. I don't think Eric bianami has been that good this year. I think he's been overhyped so for head coaching jobs that he's not ready to get yet. I don't know what the staff is, but Andy Reid's the guy. This offense has not been that good. They have not been that dynamic. And the best player they have, other than Patrick Mahomes, is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Give him the damn ball. He won you the game today. That was the storyline. You should have had your ass in his office saying, give me the rock. Because this offense you're you. running is freaking garbage. It sucks. <laughs> and you're getting all this credit nationally. But you should be, have all these head coaching jobs that are open. 
when your offense with Patrick Mahomes, the greatest player on the planet, is not that good. That's no. my storyline was like Buffalo's defense is not that great. They're not what we thought they were coming into the season. They got some holes and they had Trey White back. That's why Hill was out of the game. How hard is this? They they got Le'Veon Bell because Andy Reid, the mastermind of this whole thing, said I could put his ass in the slot. He can play receiver. I like my little running back, but we got to give him the damn ball. Like somebody call a spade a spade and call it what's going on here. This offense has sucked. No, they have accurate. these weapons and have that dude being the captain. They have not been that good. I have no, been highly disappointed, including today. This game wasn't as close as it was, but it was because they wouldn't put them away. It's it's a totally fair assessment of what we've seen thus far, because I think everybody, everybody, including myself, gets you get enamored with Patrick Mahomes, right? And you're enamored with everything that he does. But when you evaluate stuff, you have to be able to take off the, the goggles, right? And take off the, hey, I know what I've seen and watch just what you're watching now, right? This isn't the 2019 season or the 2018 season. It's the 2020 season. It's a new year, new football team. And what we've seen thus far this year is one really excellent performance and a whole lot of men. They played up to the Baltimore Ravens. They completely dismantled that team. They were firing on all cylinders. That was a quintessential Patrick Mahomes FU game. It was unbelievable. And he deserves all the credit in the world for that game. But other than that, there hasn't been a whole lot. Well, and look, this Kansas City team as a whole, we talked about this on the video show. We talked about this on the podcast before, but they're not operating at full capacity yet. And as they were leading into halftime, like I was, I was sitting there thinking, one, you have this extra point issue, and it's now an issue for Harrison Butker. He's just he's missing one a game at this point, it feels like. You have a very uncharacteristic, lazy, sloppy Travis Kelsey fumble as they're driving down the field to add three points before halftime to then add the points and get the ball back. There's just uncharacteristic things we did not see from this team over the last How couple of How about that seasons. lazy defensive play when Buffalo missed the field goal before that? Yeah. So I'm about lazy. Yeah. What was that defense? They gave up 30 yards and then gave up a field goal that he uh, wanked. But it could have gone in 13-13. Yeah. The, the one that digs on the outside just gave him th- th- like 33 yards there. Nobody out there. Uh, Nobody covering Stephon uh, Diggs for 30 yards. This team is not operating at its full capacity on either side of the ball right now, which I guess if you can look at that two ways, you can look at it one way of their, there's their record is pretty outstanding right now. They're still the front runners for my mind. I know there's still two undefeated teams above them, but they're still the front runners in my mind to get the number one overall seed and they have room to improve. But you look on the other side and say, we're almost to mid season now. And we're seeing uncharacteristic issues with this team that continue to happen every single week. When are those getting corrected? Or will they be corrected this year? And so there's there's kind of a couple ways to look at it because again we are grading them on can you repeat scale? For sure, but I what I would say to that is you guys recall them dropping back to back games last year at Arrowhead for the first time in a long time. Them then Patrick Mahomes coming back, they go to Tennessee and lose on the road at the past the midway point of the season. Like this is we're still in October. Like this team is not playing that well and they're five and one. Like that's the point. Like the point is this team hasn't clicked at all except for one game and they're five and one. Like that to me tells you everything you need to know about this. Like as much as we're saying and being critical, the team's five and one. They haven't played their best football yet. And that should scare everybody else because quite frankly, I know what the best version of this team is. I saw it against Baltimore. If they play that kind of football, 
just like Tampa Bay played against Green Bay, nobody's beating that team. Like when you play at your very best, which can happen, but we also see everything else, right? What team are you? Because we've seen both versions of those teams. If Tampa plays that version of the team, they talked about in the Fox broadcast, there is nobody that beats Tampa in the NFL if they play that game. Nobody. Like not including, including Patrick Mahomes. Like if they play that game that they played perfect, they played a perfect football game. They play like that. Nobody's beating them. But that's so hard to replicate week after week after week after week into the postseason. So that's where I look at this and I go, yes, while we should be a little bit fine tuned on what we're looking at, a win is a win. They beat a Buffalo team that was at the top of the AFC, a team that we were really excited about. And they went on the road and they beat them. Like that's, that's to, to me more so I'm more looking at the bills than I am at the chiefs. And I think that's my, yeah. my, my storyline coming out of this game is way less about Kansas city and way more about Buffalo because we looked at Josh Allen. We, everybody collectively had him in the MVP conversation. It was very deserving back-to-back games where he has now taken himself out of that conversation. He, yeah. he has effectively taken himself out of that because through 50 minutes of this game, he had 66 yards of passing. Nine, t- nine passes for 66 yards through 50 minutes of football. That is coming off of the fact that this was one of the top passing offenses through the first four weeks of the year. Of the year and this is what you're getting now. Now, I understand what happened in the last 10 minutes. I understand the garbage time, whatever. When it mattered, this Josh Allen and this football team were not running effectively for a for almost the entirety of this football game. And I, as somebody who rosters Josh Allen, you're lucky he gets the the rushing yards that save you because otherwise this is a bad performance. And and it's been back to back weeks now where he saved you because of what he's doing with his feet, but. I, as excited as I was about Josh Allen, I'm really tempering my expectations now because these are, if you want to not only get to the postseason, right? If you want to go, they went to the postseason last year. You got to take a step forward. You want to go win a, you want to go win a playoff game. You lost to Tennessee, a playoff team, and you lost to Kansas City, a playoff team. Maybe you're just not ready yet. Maybe they haven't taken that progression forward yet. They not saying that they can't, but at this current state, they are not better than the teams in the AFC that they have to be better than to win in the postseason. And that's kind of what I take away from this football game. Yeah, I think there's a couple of reasons for that, Paige. I'll jump in here first. Uh, one, they don't, they don't run the ball very well. No, that's why Le'Veon Bell made a hell of a lot more sense in Buffalo than he did anywhere else to me. Because he, they have two young guys that they don't like making Singletary the guy. He's explosive in the passing game. But you're talking about Le'Veon Bell, you could have gone and put up some numbers on a really good team, helped them tremendously and made a lot more money, I think, than you're going to make going to Kansas City and chasing a ring. Um, they need all three of those weapons healthy on offense, and their defense is not near what we thought they were. They signed Mario Addison, gave him big money, brought him in because he knows McDermott's defense, not the same player that he was. They lost some guys off that interior defensive line. They're not the same. You can run it on them. When Trey White was out last week, they were awful. Now, they were up against that a little bit in the last – what eight nine days here but you still laid two eggs you laid a big time egg against Tennessee where you should have smoked them last week you came home yeah Kansas City you're up against you should have at least played better this game was was not as close as the the box score showed uh Kansas City was better and Kansas City didn't play very well and I'll I'll let Jamie run in this before I take give you guys my headline but like to me there's a couple of reasons for that and I'm not counting Buffalo out they already beat Miami head-to-head 
I think they still got a really good chance to win that division. But you're right. You can't just get the playoffs this year. Got to be better than that. So they got to be healthy and they got to figure this defense out, which I like McDermott to do. But that defense is not playing very well. You can no, you it. cannot have this version of Josh Allen though. Like that's the that's what I'm taking away. Like all the everything else aside, like the defense has to be better. But the defense wasn't great when he was balling at the beginning of the year either. That's the same defense that let the Rams come back in that second half and score well, all those points. But Josh but Allen was amazing. Like that's the dichotomy, right? Like they haven't yeah. run it, and he played at a high level. And now that he's yeah. playing at okay level. They still don't run it. They have no complementary piece to help them out. And that's the difference between beating playoff teams and beating middle-of-the-pack teams. And I think, like, you can only – and we've discussed this on a number of shows. I think but dating back to last year, we were talking about, like, what separates true – not just contenders to make the playoffs, but playoff teams that can make some noise. You can only overcome so many holes on your team. You can only be so one-dimensional. And with the way they're playing defense right now, which is, quite frankly, piss poor across the board – and the fact that they not only can't run, they barely attempt to run. They're not going to be over, be able to overcome both of those major flaws. Like they are, they were, they came in a bottom five rushing team in the NFL. They're going to leave a bottom five rushing team in the NFL. They've been, they've, yes, the chiefs are a tough matchup, but they have struggled defensively against everybody for the most part. That's not the jets, which yeah. doesn't count because they're not an NFL team. So you're not going to overcome both of those major flaws because at that point you need Josh Allen to play a perfect game. And as even at Josh Allen's peak, even at what we had saw those first three weeks, he's not Patrick Mahomes. No, you cannot ask him to be the best player in football in order for you to win games. And given the way they run the ball and play defense, they're asking him to do that. And that's just not, it's not a fair ask of him. He's not going to be, he can't play at that tippy tippy top level. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He can be a tear down maybe at his best, but he's not those guys. I think and that's the right peak, now. There's though, no other pieces to help him. Yeah, that's you're right. I mean, that's enough to win 10 games Paige. but you're right. That's not enough to make the AFC championship and make a run. The Super Bowl. Nope. You got to help him out. Yeah. You got to help him out. You, you can't not run be it and, and not stop the run. Yeah. That's you can't do right right now. They, they <laughs> can't, can't run it. They can't stop the run. You're not, you're not going anywhere. No, this is not a specific. You can win that garbage division. Yeah, they will, but but that's not doing anything. They've got the they 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 get their offense back on track. Paige and I were talking about this in the pre-show. Their next four games, they have they're at the Jets, home New England, home Seattle, at Arizona. You you could fit, and then you go into your bye. You should that those are those should be three and one. If that's a three and one stretch, where your offense should look a hell of a lot better, you go into the bye at what would you be at that point? Eight and three. Yeah, you'll take that. Seven and three. Sorry, you're oh, going there by yeah. seven and three. Yeah. And you're yeah. feeling pretty good about yourself. Like that, that's what they need to do. But they still have to correct these issues. If they want to do more than just they should win this division. I think they're going to win this division. But you, the time for Buffalo just to make the playoffs, that's done. That was the last it's couple over. years. That's, it was a fun story. Exactly right. You need to win a you need to win at least if one, if not two playoff games. Like that's the that's the bar for this team now. It's not just get there. It's win the division and win playoff game or two. You, and if you, you do, you're still Jamie, building the, towards where you want to be. Yeah, you talk about the yeah. lens, right? The way we look at a team. The lens with the Buffalo Bills is not to just make the postseason anymore. Not, anymore. not the lens that we're looking at this team any longer. This is a team that's done that. The lens is, is this a team that can go win in the postseason? And right now, that team does not look like that. So we need so, to see that over the next four games. Before, uh, just, to, just to kind of wrap this up. We talked about this on the video show. I know I keep referencing that, but I think it's, it's a good point. And hopefully you guys listened. If not, go back and watch. But we talked about the elite teams in the AFC right now. Of the teams at the, at the top, 
in whatever order. You have the Kansas Cities, the Baltimores, the Pittsburghs, the Tennessees, and then we thought coming into this game that Buffalo would be in the bottom part of that tier. Of the teams I just named, which one do you have any confidence that Buffalo is going to beat in the postseason? None. None. That says all you need to know. Uh, th- that, that's the problem right now. Two or three weeks ago, it's a different conversation, right? 100%. Now we have seen these. Now, it's not just Josh Allen because we have seen there's a difference between seeing some flaws in a games in a couple games early in the season. It's different when those flaws are still there in week three and then week four and now week six. And I know there's been some weird scheduling issues, so it's not the exact time, but we're now six weeks into the season. We're almost at a halfway point. These flaws are not getting corrected. And these are flaws we were worried. The defensive flaws feel new. The running flaws we knew coming into the year could be a problem. Like that's a concern. This is not a team that should be the fifth best team in the AFC right now. That that's not, that's not where the expectations were coming in. And that's, that's probably what their peak is at this moment. It could change two months from now, but right now you can't rank them higher than the fifth best team in the AFC, right? Absolutely. No, because they just lost to Tennessee. If they're playing the playoffs right now and they got everybody, John Brown's back, Trey White plays in that game, I'm probably still taking them because I don't think Tennessee's defense can hang in there. But you're right now, they just beat them. So, yeah, you got to yeah. put them at, at, at five. And they got to get better. That, not only that, but in the postseason, that quarterback play matters, man. And I'm looking at Ryan Tannehill and I'm going, you want to know who's in the MVP conversation now? It's He's Ryan Tannehill. He's making the plays. Absolutely. Like, like that's now I got to look at the two and I go, okay, which one's in the MVP conversation? Which one do I trust right now? It's Ryan Tannehill. It's not Josh. Allen. Absolutely. And that's, that's Absolutely. not something that I, that I would have thought if you talked to me about this two weeks ago. All right, moving on, Jake, your headline coming out of this uh, two, two game slate on Monday night football. Guys, we've got some offensive line problems that we need to talk about. Kansas City had a phenomenal day of running the ball, but they lose Coleccio Simile last week to two different, both knees got torn ligaments, lose Schwartz today. Tardif is already not playing for you this year. Fisher's still just a dude after being the first pick of the freaking draft. You got some issues here to play how you want to play. And I think it goes back to what Jamie was saying. So importantly, if you don't go play like you did today and like you did in week one, you can put some guys in there to be road graders that can go offensive line, block, run block for you, right? And you can get away with it because Patrick Mahomes is mobile enough. He throws great on the run. You got these little speed, quick guys. You can make some stuff happen. But they got to watch out. They got Hopefully they get Schwartz back and it's, he's been struggling with a back injury. Coletto Assembly was that road grader that they're going to miss. That one scares me. Now flip to Dallas. You lost Lyle Collins for the year early. And I, I told you guys before the season, if they have any linebacker issues and any offensive line issues, this team's done. Well, they got Van Der Esch back tonight, but it doesn't matter because that defense is all-time suck bad. But Lyle Collins was out for the year. Tyron Smith now out for the year. Your only really good guy left from that badass offensive line for three or four years ago was Zach Martin. He goes out. Maybe he just misses tonight. Maybe he misses next week at needing the head. But you saw what ha- Andy Dalton, who played well, he, threw, he had some elite throws in this game. If you just watched it, you went, he played like shit. No, that's not the case. He played okay. He had no time. None. I told you before the game, the conventional wisdom is they're going to give it to, they're going to give it to Zeke. They're going to run the rock. They can't. It's the same damn thing why Andy Dalton had no time. They got no offensive lineman left. This team is beyond Dunzo. I don't give a shit how good your freaking weapons are on the outside. If you have no time to create a pocket for your quarterback and no time for a running game to get going, they played the, the Cardinals defense looked like the Bucks yesterday. Yes, they did. Just the, without Chandler Jones. And they suck. Yeah. They're dancing all over the star in the field. And this defense is awful. And they made you look 
beyond minuscule on offense. They have serious offensive line problems in Dallas. I mean, this they might still win this division at six and ten, but they are done. They're awful. Like I, I don't know how you went from this is the most talented team in football to I told you two different positions they get injuries at and they suck. They're done. They can't defend anybody. Mike Nolan's defense is awful. Like this, I don't, I don't know how you fix it. I don't know what you do, but they're god awful. Uh, yeah, but this my- offensive line is going to be a massive, massive problem if they get any more injuries. They're not going to be able to run it, throw it, do anything. And I thought we'd get a lot of the production we got from Dak, from Andy Dalton. And I think he's fine. I don't think he was the problem. I really don't after watching that game. You guys tell me what you think. He made some elite throws from in a tight, tight, tiny pocket. But that offensive line was awful. I think this is where I land because I was was team Andy Dalton going into this game. As much as that is all accurate, he's not Dak Prescott. Like that's the- No, 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 no. 80 to 85 was me being too nice. I, yes. will, I will eat the like, crow on that and say 60. It's 70. Yeah, like 60, 65%. But he hadn't played in a while, and a lot of the dump passes and stuff that were too hot and too hard, and he was getting pressure. Like, I think he'll get better. But, yeah, no, he's not Dak. He's not Dak. But I don't know how good Dak's playing with that offensive line at this point. For sure. But I think he, with all those injuries, the reality was that Dak's athleticism allowed for him to get out of the pocket and make moves and do some things that Andy Dalton just isn't set up for and and if this offensive line is in its old capacity and they are able to protect him and Zeke is running the football I think that version of the Cowboys that's an excellent version for for Andy Dalton but this version of the Cowboys and and this is my takeaway coming and this is Jamie I'll let you go after this but Jake set me up perfectly this version of this Cowboys team to this like across the board Ezekiel Elliott fumbling the ball two times is my takeaway from this game. And getting my benched? secondary head, headline. Yes, and getting benched. He lost two fumbles in the first half tonight against Arizona, which was more than in, in entering the 2020 season. He had never lost more than two fumbles in an entire season. He lost two fumbles in the first half of this football game against an Arizona Cardinals team who is not great on that side of the football. That is the the whole, the worst part of this is you're going, you just made the Cardinals defense without their best football player, oh, by the way, because Chandler Jones isn't in there, look like they have the most dominant pass rush in football and they have the best secondary in football. That's what I watched. I'm, I'm going, man, Byron Murphy is legitimately the best corner in the NFL. Like that's what you're, you're looking and that's, that's what you take away. Buda Baker is a star. I don't care what. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Buddha for his first pick too, by the way, Paige. Yes, I Buddha knew that, star. but I still, when they flashed it across the screen, you went, "How is that possible?" And then for they said sure. seven tackles, a sack, a pass breakup, a caused fumble, and a freaking pick. Unbelievable! And you went, yeah, unbelievable. Holy shit, this kid's unbelievable. Yeah, the dude is a freak, and he deserves, and he is good on any other team. But the rest of this defense, like Hassan Reddick, looked like an all-star in this freaking game. Yeah. Like you're watching, and you're going what in what world is this Cardinals defense showing up and looking like this, but take the fan goggles off Cardinal fans because they were playing the Cowboys. This offensive line doesn't belong in the NFL right now, the way that it's currently constructed. Ezekiel Elliott lost all confidence in himself, which then was even worse when they benched him and Tony Pollard is out there running the football. It's this Cowboys team is atrocious. They are bad across the board. This was an absolute ass whooping 38 to 10 final score. There's a lot of headlines, but for me, my headline, especially because it impacts everybody in the fantasy community because of Ezekiel Elliott, 
him losing two fumbles in this game in the first half is a massive deal. It is a massive Huge. deal. Huge. It, you, you, he looked completely dejected in this game. Like, he looked, like, lifeless in this game because he tried to make it – I get why he feels that way. Dak Prescott's not out there, so he's trying to, he's trying to take it all on himself, and he's doing too much. It really bit him in this game, and it, I, I, don't, I don't know where you look up for this team because this Arizona Cardinals team is a average football team, and they just whooped your ass. Like, yeah, middle it, of the it, pack, and they came in and killed you. It w- just absolutely whooped your ass. And I know, Jamie, you want to kind of put the take the fan goggles off for the Cardinal fans as well, because I know that everybody's going to look at this and they're going to go, oh, my God, unbelievable offense, unbelievable this. But it's much like how I look at the Jets, honestly. Like, the Cowboys are not much better. Like, I know that that's like a, like, they're not good on any side of the football. Like, they're just not good. No, and, and I hesitate to, to rain on the parade. And if you're a Cardinals fan listening, enjoy the hell out of this. That was yes, a – for sure. That franchise, which I, I followed for a while, uh, way back when uh, in college, I was a season ticket holder uh, for that. And I, I was there for the playoff runs in person. I, I got wrapped up in the hype. So I, I, I understand the history. Uh, I paid actual dollars, like many of you, to watch John Skelton and Max Hall and Kevin Cobb and some of these guys play quarterback. So getting a huge primetime victory over the Dallas Cowboys on national television, is, I, don't care, I don't care if it's the Dallas Cowboys, you play, they're running the team out from literally the seventies right now, as they currently stand, it is a big win for the Cardinals franchise. However, I would be remiss if I didn't at least discuss that as much as he flashes positive, there are a lot of negative flashes as well for Kyler Murray. Like this was, People are going to talk about – and look, he ran the ball like a, a madman, and as he always does now, he is so fast out there. Nobody's caught him yet, so he can get away with that for yeah. now. Yeah. Yet. I put that out there. They always catch you eventually. And how many years, we'll, we'll see, but they haven't caught him yet. But he, as a passer, I know he had he had two big plays in that game. He had, he had a big play to Christian Kirk. He had a big play in garbage time to DeAndre Hopkins. But for the most part, he was missing very easy, very open throws – only completed about a third of his passes in this game. I, 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 I don't know. I, I still, I still have reservations. Like I, I still haven't seen this and I, and I, I, I don't want to rain on the parade, but I still haven't seen the step forward that I want to see. And I think the conversation coming out of this game is going to be as if he completed hundred percent of his passes for 500 yards and five touchdowns. And I think I just, I need to see more from him. I need to see more. And this was a tremendous opportunity against a bad and banged up secondary. And I don't think he lived up to the hype in this game. I know he had those couple of those big plays and I know that's, what's going to be playing on the highlight wheels as they should be, but he's missing very makeable throws right now. And that's gotta be concerning long-term. And this is another one where they needed DeAndre Hopkins didn't get involved until garbage time. So it's now it's gone to this like weird scenario where he was overly relying on him. And now He's not always involved in stuff. It's, I don't know. I I still just feel like this Cardinals offense isn't operating the way it should be. And I know you look at the box score, you can see, you know, Kenyon Drake had a 69 yard touchdown run in garbage time. So he has, you know, 20 for 164 and two touchdowns and has, you know, finally rewards fantasy managers who've been waiting all year for him to do anything. And he's going to take advantage of the, the bad defenses that they play over the next few weeks. But I still have the same questions, honestly, I had coming into this game. I still have. Like, I don't feel like many of them were answered. I think that's the headline, right? Jamie is like unanswered questions. Like, it's still it's still the same thing for me, and I think for all of us collectively, because you you still 
look at this and you put a lens on it because this defense is nothing to be scared of. And the other part of this is too, how much this defense is Cardinal defense, very surprisingly in this game was more the headline coming out of this game. Like the headline to me was not the Cardinals offense. The headline coming out of this game was Cardinals defense. Like the defense put them in a position to win from beginning to end. Like it was not this overpowering, beautiful offensive performance. It was, oh my God, this Cardinals defense is destroying the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. Like that is what the headline was coming out of this game, which was not at all what any of us anticipated. Um, so I think that's that's where you look at the lens and you go, it's a little disappointing. Yeah, it's disappointing that we're not talking about the Cardinals offense. We're talking about the Cardinals defense. That's that's the disappointing factor coming out of this football game. Because I can assure you that Cardinals defense is not going to look like that against everybody. As much fun as this was to watch, um, it, that's, that you're not going to be playing backups on offensive line each and every week. All right, guys, rising and falling. We're officially putting the cap on week six. No Tuesday night football this week, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, we get Thursday night football, an NFC East uh, parade, right? It's the New York Giants that we get on Thursday night football. Is that been Philadelphia Eagles? Like the just the NFC East is the gift that keeps on giving to the TDN members because you know what? All of you can hang out in the mock draft machine. Every single team in the NFC East, just hang out there. That's what all of you should be doing. You should all just hang out in the mock draft machine all the time from now until the draft. So enjoy that. Uh, but rising and falling as we enter week seven. Jamie, who is falling for you? We'll start with fallers and then we will move on to risers. So Jay, well, or Jamie, you first. After a uninspiring Sunday night performance and the fact that he's going up against the Chicago Bears defense next week, Jared Goff is falling right, for me. Um, he's been a guy that's been a, a solid play for the most part, matchup based the last couple of weeks. And is somebody that is absolutely going to get dropped by anybody in single quarterback leagues this week, looking to pick up somebody off the waiver wire. Uh, I don't love this matchup uh, in our TDN premium league. I have both Woods and cup, and I'm not optimistic. Uh, maybe a little bit more optimistic for cup than Woods in this matchup. Uh, just get away from Fuller by, by at all costs. Uh, but uh, that's a guy for me that has been somebody you've been able to rely on the last couple of weeks. And it's a tough waiver wire for quarterbacks this week, by the way, it got very tough because Fitzpatrick, a guy, a lot of people were relying on, he's on by this week. Uh, the, it's going to be a tough one to kind of fill that spot, but uh, get ahead of the game now and start looking and start seeing what you can do. Maybe even making of a trade if you might have to, uh, but golf like you're doing while we're on the show, I keep getting my damn updates to Jamie. I know I, I keep dropping guys while, while I'm waiting on the freaking show. Like, holy uh, shit, which, behind the damn eight ball. I got a trade proposal game. that just came in to me right now. My I mean, God. this is look at look man. at what's happening here. I thought this was like, you know, we had a truce for an hour while we're doing the podcast. Little do we know, Jamie's behind the scenes over I'm here. I'm behind the scenes. I got a trade offer here. How, we'll how many damn computers and phones do you have in front of you? Holy uh, shit. Too many. Are you kidding me? Yeah, too many. Way too many. Way oh, too many. new I, apartment I, page. It's going to be like the freaking Matrix with damn I, screens everywhere. You had a great point because I would like to thank. Uh, I, oh, I huh. will, Henry. Hold on one second. I will read the trade offer when we get done with this point here. But uh, I would you like to thank me for my team going in the tank. No, I'd like to thank the Dallas Cowboys personally uh, for gra just, just grabbing defeat from the jaws of victory for Jake's team, <laughs> who had every reason uh, with Hopkins and Andy Dalton and Greg Zerline tonight to blow by me, uh, but could not. So four and two, tied for second place. Um, feeling pretty good. Should have been me. Uh, Oh, well, you know, I could have, would have, should have, but uh, it's not, it's not the case. So uh, sucks to suck. Uh, but before I'll read the trade offer, I know I've teased a lot, but we should, we should, I guess we should finish the point and keep some semblance of the structure. Oh, 
please, 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 please finish the point and read the trade offer. Oh my god! Please do both. <laughs> Neo, do both come on, Neo, read me the damn trade offer. Okay, uh, yeah. it is. I've, Take I've the been offered because I just dropped Zach Ertz because a he sucks and b he's hurt. Uh, I got offered Darren Waller for Robert Woods, 1v1. Yes. Yes. But You're yeah, already I, loaded on receiver, yes. I know, I, which, I know, Which I one of our idiots was good enough? Nah, I, just I, don't have, I, don't have, honestly, I don't have any honestly, players that anybody would do that for. Can I reject that trade? Can I go no. in there and... Yes. And, I mean, you, yeah, we, actually, we you could. Down. We, we, you know what, Jake? I think we should. Let's. I, honestly, no. if if you and I didn't already Jamie sustain has to keep injuries, all of the Rams receivers he, drafted. N- no, the thing is, we need one of us to win, and because you and I both have serious injuries, we have to go all in for Jamie. Like, I'm just gonna start trading yeah. Jamie players. We'll, we'll ba- like, yeah, we'll back him. J- we'll Jamie, back you want DeAndre him. Hopkins for Jared Goff? <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> The rest of the league is going to be really pissed off at us. All right, Jamie or uh, Jake, you're so They all listen, so that's not going to happen. My I know, followers. it's not going to happen. They would reject I'll, our trades. I'll give you the first one, which is easy. Josh Jacobs is playing the Bucks defense. The Raiders want to run the ball. It ain't happening next Sunday night. Nope. Like, it is a, he didn't catch enough. Jamie told you before the season. I said I thought he'd be involved in the passing game more. He really hasn't been. He's fallen. Down. Now, the running back rankings are awful. He ain't fallen that far. But he's fallen, and he would fall a lot more if there weren't all these injuries because it's a bad matchup. The other one breaks my heart, man, but he is nowhere to be found. No Deontay Johnson. Let's win. Juju was awful. I guess the second-worst pass defense in the league. It's not a one-week thing now. He's disappeared. He's playing in the slot. He's got good matchups, and he is putting up zero production. Zero. Chase Claypool's eaten. James Washington's eaten. Deontay Johnson's going to eat when he comes back. Hell, Eric, Eric Ebron had like eight yards and out, did you? Like this, just, just, I don't know where I'm going to drop you to, bro, but your ass is dropping. It's ugly. You fall off a cliff, and I don't know what happened. I don't know why. It sucks because we all love you. But I, he got a massive, like, double drop. Yeah, double drop is right, uh, which pains all of us, but it is where we are as we head into week seven. Jamie, who is rising for you this week? Uh, well, one of the biggest risers is – Ronald Jones, uh, three straight hundred yard performances for him. He's looked really great when he's getting plenty of work. He faces a, a, a Vegas defense that is favorable uh, for fantasy running backs. Top, I believe I moved him up to either eight or nine overall among running backs. Uh, he's an v- awesome play this week, whether or not, even if Fournette is active. Uh, I'm really excited what I've seen from him with a steady workload. When he's been told he is the guy and gets the guy amount of work, he's been sensational the last few weeks. So I, I would keep rolling that train. Yep, absolutely have to. Somebody told you that was coming a couple weeks ago, but that's all right. Uh, Somebody called it at the beginning of the year on the Locked on Bucks podcast. thousand yards. Me Me. too, also. And I took a lot of heat on Twitter from all the Buccaneers fans. So, hello. And you better believe I have all the receipts as I'm waving at you on the podcast. You guys cannot see me, but I can assure you that I have all the receipts. So, you better be ready. I'm in a good mood. Don't even get me started on them. Yep. Uh, Okay, your riser this week. Let's talk about positive things. Philip Lindsay, man, coming back off injury, yeah. toting it for a hundo against Bill Belichick in New England. Well, I love the kid. I just said I don't know that he can stay healthy. He finally had his first injury, but he runs so damn hard. He's so dynamic when he's in there. I think he might be better than Melvin Gordon, even whenever the illness goes away. Illness slash DUI, I'm in jail and I can't play. I don't know what the illness was, uh, but I love the kid. I thought he would be phenomenally and dynamic in the third down passing game in this offense. 
Now Drew Locke's back. They get these little young guys going, even though Sutton's out. And you put Philip Lindsay in where you can be play action, throw it to him, do some different stuff. I I I love the kid, and I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna put him up high in the rankings this week. I I haven't even looked to see who's playing. I I just it doesn't matter, honestly. I, 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 he, yeah, he's he's back and he looks really good, and he always puts up. And this was a thing where everybody wanted last year. I can recall wanting Royce Freeman. I can recall seeing Brad Evans, who I love, just being like. It has to be Royce Freeman, and it just always was Philip Lindsay. Like this isn't Royce new. Freeman's like, a stud. I'm with Brad. But, He's a stud. Yeah. But Philip Lindsay never gave him the job because he just keeps putting up. The well, you can't take the ball away from him. Up, no, puts no, up you numbers. can't take the you Royce. can't take the ball away from him the way that he plays. And bringing in Melvin Gordon, it's like yeah, this was a a crowded backfield. But when Lindsay's in there and he plays the way that he plays, you're not giving you're not taking the ball away from him, especially when he really gets going. Um, and he but, and he gets the Chiefs Chiefs at home next week, which again coming into this game was a bottom five rushing defense. Like, oh yeah, he, he'll eat. Yeah, he should have a he'll big game. And, be a good and game. Be, yes, and he'll be eating for a little bit because the, between the strep throat and the DUI accusation. I think Melvin Gordon's gonna be sitting on the sideline. Accusation. For, Thanks, Jamie. Let's call yeah. it that. For the, for I'll, the I'll, accus- I'll, I will save. Uh, I've I've taken enough mass comm law classes to try to put that education. Battery charge, bro. He got a DUI. There's no accusation. Yes. It's not like he goes to the jury to find out <laughs> if he was actually drunk or not. He got a DUI. There's no accusation. Funny or not, I actually sat on a jury. We had to determine how drunk somebody was. That's a story for a completely different day because that's boring as as hell. But more importantly, Philip Lindsay's going to get a few weeks of work here as the guy, and then we'll see what happens when Robert Gordon comes back. Uh, I envision that it will be his and his alone. Uh, but as, as the season goes along, if he stays healthy. All right, waiver wire pickups quickly uh, before we end the podcast here, guys. I know uh, one of you is picking a guy that had a pretty good performance coming off of Monday Night Football. So, Jake, I'll let you take this one first, your waiver wire pickup of the week in week seven. Christian Kirk, and it's not based off tonight. It's now a couple weeks in a row. He's kind of becoming that secondary option for them, even though he has to play outside and he's much better in the slot. But Larry's still there, taking up that space. But he's now put up numbers a couple weeks in a row. And in this offense, if they can figure that out with him, he should be the guy. I, I, I like that. I think there's definitely value there. We're getting some buys. It's pretty freaking thin out there in 12-man leagues or bigger. If he's still, still available, I like him. By the way, did my boy – get a touchdown pass on that first one to Christian Kirk because it came across the screen as a run. Yes. No, it was a yeah. pass. Technically. Okay. It was, one of, it was sure. one of those. Patrick Mahomes gets credit for these little yeah. passes. Think, for yeah. A touchdown. Yeah. Yeah. Just making yeah. sure. Yeah. But no, I like yeah. him. I like him. He look, he's when he's healthy, he can be dynamic. 100%. Jamie, who are you picking up on the waivers? I'm going to go with another receiver and rookie T Higgins who had another big game, uh, career high six receptions for 125 yards on Sunday. Uh, four straight double-digit fantasy point performances. And since week two, when he really started to get more involved in the team, ranks as the wide receiver 34 uh, in fantasy overall on a points-per-game basis. So uh, he's somebody that is still available in, I just checked this, 56% of leagues. Uh, so he's somebody that you need to add on your roster immediately. He should be one of the hottest uh, wide receiver pickups this week. He is the wide receiver in two in Cincinnati, for my opinion. Like I know AJ he's Green had a little Tyler bit of a, Boyd the last two weeks, though, and, and he has he's almost wide receiver one at this point. I and agree. AJ Green had a good game finally, but it's still t- it to me T Higgins and Tyler Boyd. A terrible yeah. one, like yeah. It's yeah. to me it's it's Tyler Boyd and and T Higgins are the top two guys, and it's only going to continue to rise from that point. Like those are the guys that are going to be there now and next year and a couple years from now. Those are the guys. And Higgins, you got to get on that train right now because Cincinnati's going to throw a lot. And Joe Burrow's only going to get better. 
Like he's going to continue to improve. It's going to be plenty of garbage time. Higgins has proven to you for a month now. I don't know what everybody's waiting for. All right, guys. Final thoughts as we've reached the end of the podcast. Jake, I'll let you go first. Lack of defense, but we saw some serious defense we talked about last night on a couple teams. And I'm going to go back to my uh, my initial point. My headline is there's some offensive line issues going on with some of these teams that are good. I mean, you go like, okay, Seattle's really good and Russell's playing great. But they have two injuries on the offensive line. How good are they going to be? Like some of these teams, the offensive line play all, all the way around is not that good. It's so hard to have five good ones. And the depth of offensive line play is really, really tough. I don't care how good your offensive line coach is. Like it's really, really tough. And to stay balanced and then be run blocking, pass blocking, I don't, I don't know. It's, uh, it's kind of become an obvious now that some of these really good teams haven't had the injuries yet. I go back to those Rams teams, Jared Goff's first couple of years, when they were so good, they made that run. That Those Dobbin offensive line played together for 31 games yep. of the 32 that they played in the regular season. That collective unit has to be there, man. And, uh, and, and the lack of defense minus like four teams, three and a half, is, is still atrocious of what's going on in the league right now. Totally agree. It's been rough going, but if you've been uh, listening to any of the Bruce Arians pressers for the last five years, he's been talking about how offensive linemen coming out of college have been worse every year. They're coming out with less technique. They're less prepared. It's been a, a problem for a long time. And I think we're finally hitting that kind of culmination of all of that, which is why when you have guys that you can trust, like a guy like the Bucks got Tristan Wirfs and you look at Jedrick Wills, like you take those guys and you take them early and often. And that's why I think the Cardinals will end up regretting not taking one of those guys that were there for them in this past round. Jamie, your final thoughts on today's podcast. I want to take a quick look ahead for fantasy purposes to Thursday night uh, in the wonderful, wonderful NFC East where we have the Giants and the Eagles matching up. Although those games on Thursday night are always stupid. So uh, those yeah, that's going to be, knows. who It'll knows be what's going to happen in this game between two bad teams. Uh, but I want to look at two guys that are going to be in the spotlight for Philadelphia in particular. One of them is going to be Boston Scott, who's likely going to be starting with Miles Sanders out. Uh, he comes in at RB27 for me this week. Even though it's a good matchup, I still think Corey Clement's going to get some work in that game, but uh, he is a potential flex play uh, in that matchup. But the guy I really like is Fulgham, uh, who got, again, led the team in targets again last week, was tied with Zach Ertz with 10 targets. That's two weeks in a row he's led the team. That seems to be the guy that is having a ton of chemistry with Carson Wentz right now. Three really good fantasy games in a row. He's also somebody I'd love to put in a flex spot in this matchup against New York. Uh, so both those guys uh, are pretty much top end flex options for you heading into Thursday night. And I would not be afraid to start either of them. There isn't a ton of fantasy value in these matchups. Like you're going to like Darius Slayton as well. Um, you know, uh, I'm probably not playing either quarterback unless I'm desperate, even though there are good matchups there, but in a single QB league, you can kind of leave them both alone. Um, I don't love Freeman uh, in this matchup. The Eagles can stop the run pretty well. Uh, I would he, he's one of those guys. that's kind of like in that RB 30 range for me, you, in the in my class, I gotta make it put it on a t-shirt. Like you probably have a receiver you like more. I feel like I, that's I'm gonna say that whenever you get outside the top 20 running backs, you probably have a receiver you like more uh, than him. But Fogum to me is somebody you really have to consider starting over some maybe some of the bigger names. Like I, I would probably start him over like a DJ Moore, for example, or a Juju Smith Schuster. And I mean, those are guys that I would sit for Fogum this week. And what a weird sentence that is to say um, three weeks ago, me would have not believed that, but here we are. And there is a point in the fantasy season and we're starting to get there where reputation goes away and production is what matters. 
And there's a flip, the switch that has to flip for you when you have a guy that's been producing in a good matchup and getting all the targets. Who now, again, who the hell else is Carson Wentz going to throw it to? Richard Rodgers? Like, who, where else is this ball going? Uh, it's, it's going to him. It's going to Greg Ward. Like those are the two guys. And right now it's going to Fulgham more than it's going to any of those other guys or Fulham. I don't remember. Do I pronounce the G? I don't know. Have a third good week in a row. And maybe I'll learn how to pronounce your name properly. We will find out. There's all of this information. That's the inside scoop you get on TDN fantasy. We will Uh, learn to pronounce your name. If you put up three weeks in a row, three weeks in a row. And I'll pronounce your name. That was phenomenal. Like we'll figure it out. Uh, but I would start three weeks in a row. And I'll learn how to pronounce your name. Stay tuned for that lovely analysis that we will get on hopefully the next podcast when he has that another great next performance. level breakdown of, of football right there. Phenomenal, phenomenal way to end the podcast. My final thoughts are dear NFL, please change the playoff format. I don't want to watch any team from the NFC East play in the postseason, And I sure as hell do not want to watch any team from the NFC East host a playoff game. That is absolutely asinine that any team in that division gets to tell any other team that's playing in the NFC that they have to come play there. It's ridiculous. So I would Bears love, too. Oh, I know it is. I absolutely know. Bears it is. are the Bucks. The Bears, Bears are the, the Bucks. Bucks. Well, second yeah. in their division with like 11 that's wins true. and have to go to Dallas. Both, One. It's absolutely okay, bullshit. we'll both go. But those are the options, right? It's Bears, Bucks, Packers, or Saints, right? That's what I'm saying. Yikes. One of the, On the road. So stupid. Or Rams. But you know what? Mm. You know what? Go ahead. If that's, if that's what we got to watch, you got to give me a cupcake in week one to play one of these teams. Like, gross. But you the know what's going to happen? The, the they Bucks, win, the though. They can't win the division. You know, There's no these better seven choice to live than going to Philly or going to Dallas. I'll take Here's that. the scenario that plays out. The Chicago Bears are going to be this team. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to win the division. And Nick Foles is oh, going to go back to Philadelphia. <laughs> you bet your ass. You already know this is happening. You already know this <laughs> oh, is happening. No. I'm buying every... a Nick Foles jersey. Yes. Oh, and no. Eagles fans are going to lose their back, collective but if that happens, minds. I am buying a Foles jersey and I'm spraying this fucking number on Rocky Philadelphia space. fans are going to lose their ever loving minds after Nick Foles goes in there and beats that team with Carson Wentz in the postseason. Am, and it is going to be off the radar. It doesn't be Paige, just Paige, to steal your quote, I am chaos. 100% here for all that chaos. Chaos. 100% here Feed for it all to of me. it. Feed oh it my to God. me. Give me oh. Nick going to Philadelphia just and taking winning. elbow oh. and just, uh, right oh, on Carson Wentz and all Philly fans. Need Never mind. I love this. Never mind. I love this idea Feed now. It so, to me. so I need the Eagles Feed to win. The, to yeah, Eagles got to win this Please. division. Bears got to finish behind the Packers. You just got to sacrifice this page. You're going to have to give the division That's to the fun. Packers just so we can have this happen. Just so I can literally drink the tears of Philadelphia. Oh my God. Oh, I can't. Out of a champagne flute. Oh, and like, watch like Nick and watch Nick Foles. Tiffany just like, Crystal champagne yes. flute. Pinky's out. I'm putting it out <laughs> into the universe. I'm putting it out into the universe because Nick Foles deserves this. He deserves this. He deserves to go into Philadelphia and just do this to that team. And I will give I will buy everybody on the show a freaking Nick Foles jersey if he goes he into really Philadelphia does, and wins that game. Because it's Philly, I'm all in. Oh, yeah. oh my god yes, oh i, I need it i'm already just so excited by the proposition of this because if he really wasn't playing for the bears stretch. it wouldn't break your heart i'd almost flip the script and say i'd love for carson wentz to beat him in that situation sure. just sure. to see that chaos of go they'd oh, still want freaking nick Foles. 100 but i i need philly to burn 
That's what I Yes, mean. no, I'm, I I'm more, Philly I am more in for Philly burning, yes. Their damn minds. And if Nick Foles beats Carson Wentz in the postseason, the oh. headlines oh. that will exist the day after oh. that football game will just oh. be. And imagine if they have the some fans in the stands at that point in January. Oh, my oh. God. They'll, you oh. know, they were fighting each other this past weekend. There's oh, I saw that. All fighting. nine of them. All yeah. nine of them beat the shit out of each other. If there was anything that made 2020 feel normal, it was oh. watching that. I was like, oh, yes. normalcy. Philadelphia fans fighting. Perfect. We're back to normal. The the axis is back and the earth is normal again because Philly just going to Philly all the time. But now that I put this out into the universe, I can't wait for it to happen. Jake, how can everybody follow you on social media? Arians NFL on Instagram and Jake B. Arians on Twitter. Jamie? Follow me at Jamie Eisner and watch my real life journey to learning how to pronounce <laughs> former late round draft picks in their second seasons. <laughs> He's a six rounder, right? Like I, or did oh, I just yeah. make that up? No, I think you took a fifth or sixth rounder for sure. Uh, you guys can follow me at the underscore sports page on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the show at TDN fantasy, listen to the podcast, wherever you, wherever you find podcasts, type in TDN fantasy and you can find us. I can assure you of that and check out the DraftNetwork.com. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.